I think we are in tremendous shaky ground. Um, and the reason being, so many disenfranchised communities, minds have become so colonized that they see themselves through the lens of white Christianity. And what that has done is that it has reinforced the very structures of oppression. So the first step towards liberation is that decolonizing of our minds and learning to read the gospel through our own eyes. And once we do that, we can begin to actually deal with the issues that need to be dealt with. Welcome to all God's children. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go and talk about that taboo trinity, race, religion, and politics. Thank you for joining the Raceless Gospel Podcast, where we gather this season for some bodybuilding and to discuss whether the church is a body or a building. I am your host and podcast pastor, Starlet Thomas. On today's podcast, I am joined by Miguel de la Torre, who is a professor of social ethics and Latinx studies at Iliff School of Theology in Denver, Colorado. In this episode, we'll ruminate on what the North American church stands on and why things still look shaky. But first, won't you pray for us and with me? God, the rock who is higher than I, who stands 10 toes down with hard-headed people, but will make the rocks cry out if you need to. Have you heard what the people are saying in your name? Where is all of this going? Where are your people going? Where have they taken Jesus? Like Mary, I confess that I don't know where they have laid him, where the leaders have stashed him, because I am not following this message that doesn't stand with the marginalized and oppressed, the rejected and disinherited, the minoritized, racialized, categorized, and then capitalized on. I know that Jesus is not laying low. Jesus would never leave or forsake us. So this must be a counterfeit Christ and another gospel. Won't you reveal yourself to us? Because Jesus took a stand and stepped in and called out and called in all those who had been cast out. He walked among us and walked with those we wouldn't be caught dead with. And there's just no getting around that. We cannot tiptoe around the words of the hymnist who sang, On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. We know our place. Now God help us to stand and to stay connected to each other. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. No matter the rocks that come our way. Amen. First, giving honor to God, who is the head of my life, to the pastor, visitors, saints, friends, and the body of Christ. Wait, did you hear that? Do you feel that? Something is shifting. The American empire and its capitalist machinery that pushes its citizens to work themselves to death just to keep the wheels turning. It's coming undone and to a screeching halt for some. For Christians, we are called to identify with Christ's body, which is not to be confused with the political party, which is why we should not paint his body in red or blue, racialize his gospel or color code his body, and then segregate and thus amputate members of his body. 
because Dietrich Bonhoeffer was right when he wrote in Life Together, Christianity means community through Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ. No Christian community is more or less than this. We are all tied to his body and must go through his body. There is no way around him. Still, we want Jesus to keep up appearances, to simply make appearances, to pretend as if there is nothing wrong, nothing to see here, to play nice and not touch anything in our church buildings. Footprints in the sand. His position has been memorialized in a poem and a painting. Trapped in allegory and an 8 by 10 frame, we don't want to give Jesus another inch because we'd have to step on some toes. Like shifting sands are some preachers, which makes Christianity difficult to follow because Jesus wasn't running to the bank or for office. So let's walk it back and then get low. Let's position ourselves where we can see his toes and then turn to one another and ask, did you hear that? Our scripture reading is taken from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 2 and verses 19 through 22, which read this way in the New Revised Standard Version. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This is Reverend Starlet Thomas, your podcast pastor, and we'll be right back. Imagine a gender equal world, a world where women in ministry, for example, are not just permitted, but wanted, not just tolerated, but celebrated, not just surviving, but thriving. Baptist Women in Ministry, BWIM, has been standing in solidarity with women in ministry and leadership since 1983. BWIM provides support and community. It advocates for the full affirmation of women in Baptist life. But despite 40 years of progress, statistics tell us that nearly 9 in 10 Baptist women face ministry obstacles simply because of their gender. Baptist Women in Ministry is taking action with its new Multiply campaign. It's the next engine of evolution to find liberation from patriarchy. Visit bwim.info multiply to learn more and multiply. This is Reverend Starlet Thomas, welcoming you back to this episode of the Raceless Gospel Podcast. I want to introduce to some and present again to others, Miguel de la Torre, an award-winning author whose latest book is Resisting Apartheid America, Living the Badass Gospel. For today's sermon, we will engage in the tradition of call and response, a sacred back and forth. Feel free to join in as an official member of the Amen Corner and chime in as we do some bodybuilding. 
I'm super proud, like, and amazed and excited that you are joining this uh, virtual church service. And so uh, this conversation is meaningful to me. And these are questions that I have and that I think that our listeners have as well, this body versus a building. And so let's hop right in. Okay. My first okay. question is this, a body or a building, how do you view the body of Christ and does it even make a difference? Well, if we want to really be biblical, there was no building when 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 those comments were made. Um, basically, uh, worship was um, men gathering together by the river and saying the prayers. So, you know, the idea of a building is really more of um, a Eurocentric invention once the church becomes institutionalized. Now, a building may be nice because if it's raining, it's a good place for the body to gather. But I will be less concerned about the, uh, the building than I am with the body. Um, many years ago, I'll give you an example. Many, many years ago, um, a colleague of mine um, said that um, um, uh, uh, not a hurricane, but strong gales went through um, his town and blew off the roof of the church building. So when um, he was interviewed by the television uh, um, anchor reporter, um, he started talking about you know that the building that the, that the building has been destroyed and we need to now raise money for a new roof, um, you know, trying to hopefully get some solicitations, some donations. The reporter then went to a black church. Um, in you know in, in another side of town, which were eco economically more depressed than the white suburban church. And when they asked the the preacher, you know, what about the um, the, the building um, damage? He goes, who cares about the building? The body of Christ is still alive and is still worshiping, regardless if we have a roof or not. That's right. So that was a beautiful beautiful um, 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 illustration of the difference between the material uh, desires of having a roof mm -hmm. and the realization you don't need a roof to praise God. Come on in here. Okay. See, Professor, you've gone into preaching. <laughs> <laughs> and I will be your amen corner. I'm pretty sure there are other people who are listening in and chiming in. So, so, uh, what about this then in this in this North American church context with whom or with which groups should this body of believers be in solidarity with and in your mm. estimation why Well when we say body of believers let's make sure we know what we're talking about Yeah um what was it that um uh, uh Zoe Neal Hudson once said not all um uh, uh, skin folk are kin folks if i can just borrow from her not all body of believers are believers. Well, uh, <laughs> you have many people who call themselves Christians who really, instead of following a Eurocentric white supremacy ideology with a veneer of Christianity to it, these are the individuals that massacred the indigenous people, enslaved the Africans, that um, invaded my country yes. and Latin America to steal our raw material mm -hmm, and cheap mm -hmm. labor. And in the name of Christ and in the name of bringing the gospel to the heathens and the pagans. Yes! Um, that group, if they call themselves the body of believers, what they believe in Ooh. is Eurocentric supremacy and white power. So... 
when we're talking about who do they need to be in solidarity with, I really don't think I want to be in solidarity ah! with them. Now, for them to get saved, for them to, to actually become Christians, they really need to learn how to become in solidarity with the oppressed, yes! with the marginalized, yes! with the disenfranchised, yes! and learn how to worship the Black Jesus, ah! the Latino Jesus, ah! the queer Jesus, <laughs> um, the Asian Jesus, the Jesus from the margins of society. Because the white Jesus, um, it, it was that poor white, some appear like angels, mm. but really are demons. Ah! Um, what they're <laughs> worshiping um, has nothing to do with Christianity. Mm. So long way about answering your question, who does it. the body of believers I need to be it. in solidarity with? with those who are the least of us, yes. because only through them can we discover our faith and discover who Jesus is. I had to mute myself, friends, because I knew I was getting ready to holler by the way that th this poet, preacher, scholar started. And so I'm quiet on the other side, but I really was screaming. That was a word. <laughs> that was a word, and it was a good word. Uh, so. In light of what you said, what kind of theological ground is the global Christian church on right now? Are there subjects, people, places, and things that we're tiptoeing around in your estimation? I think we are in tremendous shaky ground. Um, and the reason being, so many disenfranchised communities, minds have become so colonized that they <sighs> see themselves through yes. the lens of white Christianity. Yes. They define themselves through white theology. Mm. They worship using white um, worship and hermeneutics. They read the Bible through white eyes. And what that has done is that it has reinforced the very structures of oppression. So the first step towards liberation is that decolonizing of our minds right. and learning to read the gospel through our own eyes. Yes. And once we do that, we can begin to actually deal with the issues that need to be dealt with. So succinct, so sound, and so necessary. That is the work. So with this, with the increased visibility of white Christian nationalism, of anti-immigrant sentiment, and the attack on women's bodily autonomy, uh, where is the North American church going amidst all of this? And again, the North American church has become the spiritual justification for the oppression of minoritized groups and disenfranchised groups. So where the church is going is where it has always been, mm. on the side of oppressors, mm. on the side of slave masters, on the side of Indian killers, mm. on the side of colonizers who are invading other countries. So the church has always been there. What the church requires is its own salvation by uh, crucifying yes. its white privilege um, and, and creating a new creature. So in a way, the church need the, the North American church has to die and let the dead bury the dead. Ah! Mm. Let the church say amen. Last question. Last question. Hard hitting conversation. Members of one another, we are head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Why does it remain difficult for Christians to stand with and for one another? I think many times when we stand with other individuals, especially those who are marginalized, especially those who require that solidarity, 
we enter into those relationships with a certain paternalism that somehow we know best. Um, as a male, I know what's best for women in their fight for liberation. And if women are not listening to me, then I'm offended and I'll go someplace else. And that type of attitude um, really prevents us from truly developing community. If I truly want to be in solidarity, continuing the example of, of sexism, the only thing I could contribute to any conversation, the only thing I could say with any authenticity is how I, occupying this male body, am privileged by society, regardless of whatever rhetoric I happen to claim. I could be marching with women wearing the funny pink hat, um, you know, you go sisters, but at the end of the day, I'm going to be paid 30 cents more than a white woman, 40 cents more than a black woman, and 50 cents more than a Latina woman, regardless of, of how much of a feminist, flaming feminist I may claim to be. And with that, all I can say is get right church and let's go home. Thank you so much for your time. What a time we have had. Good to sit at your feet, Professor. Oh, it was my pleasure to be with you all. I want to thank our guest, Miguel de la Torre, and extend to you, our listeners, an opportunity to know this Jesus, who embodies a faith built on relationships that you bring your whole self to. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. This concludes this episode of the podcast, but not the conversation. We must keep up the work of bodybuilding. Head over to our fellowship hour at Raceless Gospel Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and Raceless Gospel Pod on Twitter. Absent in the body, but present in the Wi-Fi spirit, I'll see you there. On our final episode of season four of the Raceless Gospel Podcast, we'll hear from Tamise Spencer-Helms and we'll discuss what it takes for the church to come together. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Mm -hmm.